On this episode of Ed Scoop's Cutting Edge podcast from Scoop News Group, how California's online community college is approaching workforce development. This is Ed Scoop's Cutting Edge podcast. Every other Tuesday, we dive deep with decision makers on what's next in higher ed IT and online learning. I'm your host, Jake Williams. California is looking to tackle workforce shortages in the public sector tech market. Calbright College, the state's free online-only community college that launched nearly four years ago, has created a tech apprenticeship program. The program is in partnership with Bitwise, a company that introduces underserved individuals to the tech industry. Participants in the program take 6 to 12 months of classes that end with a direct pipeline to the tech industry. Michael Younger is the Vice President of Workforce Strategy and Innovation at Calbright. He tells Ed Scoop's Lindsay McKenzie how he got to the college and how the apprenticeship program is going. I've had the great opportunity to um, be a senior leader in both the public and private sector for you know nearly 16 years, right? I started my career in the private sector with AT&T Mobility and Entertainment, working in uh, business strategy. I had the opportunity to both form teams that supported strategy and also introduce uh, new kind of cutting edge products or technology for uh, for, for AT&T. And so had the opportunity to kind of manage teams a- across uh, the country, fortunately. And so really gave me a good sense in terms of the needs of varying needs across uh, both workforce uh, and industry. Uh, and then I, you know, had the opportunity to, 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 to end my journey in the private sector after nearly a decade and, and bring my talents to the public sector. And so uh, having, you know, gone through uh, USC's Price School of Public Policy. I had you know, always a desire to really bring uh, some of my private sector expertise to the public sector. And so I started uh, in a state civil service, uh, working with a handful of uh, state agencies in the state of California, uh, namely, you know, CalPERS, the largest public pension fund. And, and I headed up enterprise strategy for them across all business units, including investment and, and benefits administration, and really tried to uh, prepare um, the enterprise for uh, succession planning, workforce strategy, but also perform- performance of uh, both the uh, the fund and our ability to report out uh, metrics of success. And so I then had the opportunity and was uh, appointed by uh, the governor, Governor Newsom, uh, to head up workforce strategy uh, and equity portfolio for the state of California. This really gave me great insights in terms of what, what the state needed in terms of workforce uh, development and, and, and equity, but also uh, some of the disconnected tissue, right? Some of the misalignment of the ecosystem as it relates to the players that needed to be at the table, both public and private sector, but also philanthropy, community-based organizations, and intermediaries alike, right? And so that gave me a great interest in terms of wanting to know uh, and uh, you know learn more, but also uh, to bring folks together, right, to ensure that we're able to meet the needs of Californians. For those who might not know, would you mind just explaining what Calbright is and what kind of students you have? Calbright College is is a part of the the nation's largest community college system, right? So we're a part of the California Community College System, um, which was, you know, our institution was uh, introduced in 2018 and acted uh, in law in 2019, uh, which is also when we initiated our first cohort. And really, we were created in part uh, as a statewide workforce development catalyst, really to support economically stranded, uh, you know, working age Californians ages 25 and older. And, and, you know, you'd probably want to know that we actually uh, started just a few short months before the public health pandemic, 
right? And so uh, one of the things, because we started and we are a digital institution, uh, we had done a lot of research on how to navigate in a complete digital environment where others uh, were learning to try to package uh, traditional education and put it online. So that's a uniqueness that I'd love to, to go into a little bit further, but, you know, kind of just on who we are, we're fully online, we're competency-based uh, model of education, um, which is asynchronous, right? And we meet students kind of where they are. We're free, we're accessible, we're flexibly placed, and we're really built for the adult learner, right? Those that are uh, have other responsibilities outside of just pursuing education, parents, caregivers, uh, and those, you know, really uh, that can't meet the design of a traditional institution, going to class potentially twice a week, uh, and being able to uh, just be available for, 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 for just the classroom environment. So being asynchronous, uh, we really are able to, to meet the needs of, of our students. So in our, our programs, right, they, they focus uh, on training for jobs in growing sectors. So we uh, have IT support and cybersecurity and Salesforce administration. These are, you know, emerging, uh, continuing to be a very uh, in-demand uh, fields, uh, getting learners uh, into the knowledge economy, which we really kind of frame as that innovation economy, that digital transformation landscape uh, economy, which we do also uh, know that there are entry-level jobs uh, in that in that in that realm, and so we we offer those programs, but we're also pursuing many more subject uh, matters that are emerging, right? Like 3D animation and graphic design, user experience and user interface, uh, data analytics, which we've just launched a pilot and will eventually expand that to, to be a public offering as well. And so, you know, our, our really our, our competency-based model uh, means we move folks along as they master their coursework and their skill. Very different than the standardized testing design. Right. Uh, we really are not calculating just hours spent in a classroom. It's really that mastery uh, of the skill to move forward. Do you know what your typical student might look like? Are they adults? Are they people who are trying to switch careers or maybe just upskill? Absolutely. It's a great, great question. And we do. Right. And so, you know, the, the, these demographics, these stats is what we track very often. And they're very important to us because we were legislated uh, to be mandated to really serve uh, specific demographics. And, and that being 25 and older, 90 percent of our students um, uh, are 25 and older. And that's more than double the California Community College uh, system rate. Uh, and so we're tracking uh, very closely to that, you know, uh, our student demographics as it relates to kind of their backgrounds, um, just under a quarter are African-American or Black, uh, 36% identify as Hispanic, uh, another 22% identify as, you know, Asian and Pacific Islander. And, you know, just a stat that's also very important from a demographic standpoint, 34% consider themselves to be parents, uh, which is, again, triple right? The, the system rate, the California Community College system rate. So we, we really are, from the onset, uh, we established wanting to address this population's need, uh, and we are tracking uh, very close and meeting, uh, you know, that that early objective uh, for for our institution as well. And so, you know, what we what we also know is that you know higher education, you know, really doesn't serve this population well. They're not uh, well resourced or researched. And so, as Calbright 
we sit in a position to be additive to the larger California community college system, right? Uh, we're addressing the needs and sharing out our learnings to ensure that, uh, you know, others have both that insight in how to target and address this population, but all, also uh, how to resource them and being able to address uh, their very unique needs as it relates to pursuing higher education. So it's a, you know, it's a shared challenge across the board where Calbright really adds, uh, you know, to the capacity of the broader, uh, you know, community college system. And, you know, we're, we're really at the cutting edge, right, of, the, of that learning curve. And so we've often engaged parties that either come to us or we've engaged to say, hey, how are you doing it? Uh, or us sharing how we're doing it. And we're very open in that in that sense. I know you're starting to see some of your first graduates and you recently stood up a tech apprenticeship system. And I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a great uh, question. It's something we're very, very proud of. It's it's first of its kind for Calbright uh, to introduce a kind of full a partnership as it relates to apprenticeship journeys, right? And so uh, the program uh, is stood up uh, in partnership with Bitwise Industries, uh, an entity that was started in Central uh, Valley, a region that's uh, very uh, much important to us as it relates to a high percentage of those without degrees uh, and limited access to both uh, higher education uh, opportunities, but also accessibility and others. And so um, you know, we're, we're really focused on that demographic. So it made sense for us to partner with a Bitwise, which introduces underserved individuals to the technology industry. And so what we did was we really strategized on how to connect the best attributes of both institutions in a way that forms a work-based learning opportunity for folks to have a pipeline into uh, the workforce. And so uh, based on kind of our programming of CRM, uh, customer relationship management and IT support, we really formed uh, a partnership that allows folks to participate in our programs uh, for the six to 12 month duration, and then have a direct pipeline and an entry by way of uh, Bitwise Industries or a tech-enabled entity that gives them a 12-month continual learning journey and work-based learning experience uh, and partnering with a senior kind of developer that will guide their journey throughout the workplace as well. And so uh, this just made a lot of sense for us as we really look at the student success as being paramount, not just the higher education journey, but that last mile conversation, which many higher uh, education institutions struggle with, right? You have to have the partnerships. The partnerships allow you and allow students to really meet their goal, which is ultimately to establish success and have a positive uh, labor market outcome. So we've really we did we've done the research right on what it takes to get folks to that to that next level in the workforce, and we know that it starts in our our particular situation with their learning journey, but it doesn't end with their learning journey at the end of the day. It's a continuation. And so having those experiences is very, very important. So our first cohort of students started uh, based out of uh, the Oakland location at Bitwise. And we just kicked that off last last month, uh, you know, uh, not, not longer than a week or so ago. And so uh, they're motivated. They're extremely excited and grateful for the opportunity. We're grateful that they took the step to join uh, the apprenticeship program and challenge themselves uh, for future success. And so that's what it's really about. You know, it offers a student a better chance at success in today's labor market. And, you know, it, it really offers employers access to a talent pool that has traditionally, again, been underserved and very much under-resourced uh, that are eager and ready, ready to learn on day one. 
Did the students have to go through a selection process to participate in this? They did, and 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 absolutely. And so we 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 wanted to stand up an opportunity uh, for it being our first to make sure that our process was uh, equitable, took full account of the hard work that these students uh, did at Calbright, and also some proximity conversations. Right, we want to make sure because we're addressing a population need that again uh, is uh, both underserved and sometimes falls uh, on the lower end of the economic realm as well. And so we didn't want to, for example, have a Southern California student trying to travel to uh, Northern California to get to, to Oakland. So we had a lot of those criterias kind of built in to establish a, a kind of a, a, a rubric uh, to get them uh, from application to actually success in their interviews and eventually getting their full-time offer. So yes, we did build in that infrastructure. And we're really looking to, you know, this is only a start. We expect the Bitwise Industry Oakland campus and our overall apprenticeship will grow in Oakland, but also we're looking very closely at our Central Valley markets, right? And to making sure that Central Valley stands up a program there. We're very interested in our Inland Empire in Southern California as well. And so there are what we think are infinite opportunities to really make sure that this partnership expands and scales, uh, but does it in a way where we take full account of everything we learned for this initial cohort. I think a lot of institutions would love to do what you've done, but they would struggle to find the right partner. And I wondered if you had any advice. It sounds like your partner is somewhat unique, but could you work with any tech company potentially and build an apprenticeship program like this? I really do think it's absolutely possible. I think a part of it is, you know, really being able to sit down and understand values and have the values conversation, because I think ultimately the values get through the hard parts of, of engaging and strategizing on and how to launch, how to frame things, who needs to be involved, what resources have to be involved and what are our key metrics for success. And so, you know, having that mission aligned conversation on values and, you know, outcomes and kind of like, what are the competencies that are, that are most advantageous on both sides uh, are, is very, very key. It absolutely can be done. And a part of our partnership uh, with Bitwise was having that conversation from the onset, right? And so, yes, uh, they are a specific provider, uh, but they also are a provider that has the opportunity to help us scale our partnership as well, where they're represented kind of throughout the state and beyond. And so I think that's critical. Having core competencies listed, uh, what are our combined metrics of success? And then at the end of the day, how are they wanting to address this student population and how are we doing it today? And being able to pair those two perspectives together would make it success. In the higher education journey, my statement to my higher education colleagues throughout the state is really to understand that we have have a specific core competency and intermediaries and community-based organizations and partners have another. And so the name recognition that a community-based organization or intermediary has in various communities is significant. Leverage them and do it in a way that fosters greater opportunities for capacity building and expansion. What are your thoughts on paid versus unpaid opportunities? It's a good question. And, and so what, what I would say is that specifically for Calbright and the students that we have the, the honor to, to kind of help facilitate in their learning journey, many of our students are, are coming to us again, either unemployed or not having enough employment, if you will. And so an unpaid experience is it, it, tough for them. 
What we try to do is look at the opportunity to have these work-based learning experience with, with compensation, right? There are other opportunities uh, that, hey, you know, a student would like more exposure to have a mentor to understand things for, but they can do kind of that collaboration while they're matriculating through their studies or while they're in their apprenticeship journey. But oftentimes we like to lead with the paid work experiences primarily because the demographic that we're supporting, it's not as advantageous uh, for, for this group in particular. But I do think there's valuable uh, learning experiences that are unpaid and provided that we can structure an opportunity for our students to get some of that ad hoc experience and mentorship, we definitely build that into the experience. Will you be staying in contact with the graduates all the way through that six to 12 month program? The short answer is absolutely, Lindsay, right? And so at the end of the day, a part of you know our mandate is to ensure that we're uh, helping students achieve and facilitating that positive market outcome. So not only are we truly invested in understanding their career journey beyond Calbright, we are mandated to also you know, get that data to ensure that we're addressing uh, the needs of the positive populations uh, that we're that we're supporting. So absolutely. And we're building um, the infrastructure to be able to get that both real time and recurring as well. And so that's the exciting part of Calbright. We often invite students back uh, to share their journeys. And that is definitely the case for our, for our first cohort of apprentices. They are eager to tell us more about their learnings. And so I, I received an email a few days ago from a very grateful apprentice, really sharing the excitement of their first week. And that is what continues to motivate us and let lets us know uh, that we are really going down the right path. How much did you work with your partner to design what the apprentice will be doing? We work very closely because part of our design structure for the apprenticeship, our program being kind of aligned to a pre-apprenticeship and then and then the partner's program being kind of the registered apprenticeship program, and then formally creating the partnership, right, of both aspects of the journey. It was very important for us to, one, understand the outline of what, what the apprentices would experience post-Calbright. And so many making sure that that learning post-Calbright is definitely connected as a continuation from what they learned at Calbright. And that was essential, right? That was kind of the first deep dive conversation of really understanding how do you connect this so it'll be, so so the experience would be a continuation of the learning journey. And so they fur they're furthering both their studies, but they're actually getting real world experience working with a tech-enabled company, right? And so they're actually doing project work and that would would, you know, culminate in a portfolio of their great work and the work that they were able to experience in, in their 12 months. And so absolutely there, there, there's both curriculum involved, there's uh there's application uh, of their learnings involved. And this is truly kind of, I think, the secret sauce, right? Of getting folks the opportunity to experience it before the full career journey begins, right? And getting them that work-based learning experience so that when they get into the full-time job, they're prepared and they're comfortable for all the ebbs and flows of that journey. We've been hearing a lot about big tech layoffs, I guess, for the past year. I'm curious what the market looks like for your new grads in California. Are they getting interviews? Are they having a tough time breaking in? 
So our, our recent deep dive in terms of our graduate population does place uh, about half of those graduates in employment, uh, greater than half, I should say, uh, in employment today. And so uh, that's a positive for us. I will say we study the market very closely. So our labor uh, market analysis, analysis team really deep dives in terms of what disciplines are in demand, what disciplines are cooling off, what disciplines are really cyclical in nature where you have downturns and then you have upticks as well. And so a part of our job is really to assess uh, what are those, those jobs that are cyclical, but also emerging in nature? What are those jobs that will have kind of fixed or slight you know, increases in terms of uh, opportunities so that we prepare students, right, uh, for a wide variety of opportunity across sectors, right? So the core competencies that we're teaching our student population are really those core competencies that can be in various industries across the board so that if there are unfortunately impacts to an industry, those skills can be picked up and placed in a different uh, sector uh, and that folks still have uh, meaningful work opportunities and gainful employment. I know a lot of universities are struggling to hire their own IT staff. And I was curious if there's an idea toward creating a pipeline of maybe hiring your own graduates uh, to work at Calbright. So Lindsay, I, I would just start in saying, hey, are you in some of our uh, strategy conversations? Because uh, you know, you're, you're spot on. So a part of what we desire to be able to do uh, in the future as well is, is be a catalyst for employment, right? At the very end of the day, there are needs, increasing needs. And so I'll channel my uh, our chief product officer in saying we do have roles that we would like to fill. Uh, and it's an evolving infrastructure that our chief product officer is creating. And so there will be opportunities. Uh, we envision it sooner than later to take full advantage of these very talented graduates at Calbright College. And so we look forward to that opportunity of being able to share. I don't have any announcements for you today, but I look forward to, to being able to share uh, at a future uh, state, you know, what that looks like, how to frame that up and how we can truly create, would we be a, a catalyst for creating uh, job opportunity in addition to partnering for that opportunity? Is there anything else you're working on at the minute that you would like to share? Yeah. So, you know, we were really, I'd say, dabbling into the space of apprenticeships. Again, I had the, the opportunity to head up a lot of these California entities at the Labor and Workforce Development Agency in California. And so I really did want to make sure that Calbright infused that into our workforce and economic development strategies as well. And so we're having early discussions of creating uh, countywide apprenticeships, which would be very new for the state of California. Our early discussions with, with LA County uh, and next-gen policy of California to really stand up the state's first countywide apprenticeship program into the public sector. Great jobs, equitable pay and representation and the like. And so the idea is that we would take folks through a full registered apprenticeship journey and prepare them for state, county and local public sector careers. And we would start at a pilot level with LA County and their public government umbrella. And so that that's really, you know, what it's about at Calbright. We love to invest both our time, resources, and energy into establishing new 
pipelines for folks to enter the labor force. And our goal in general, right, is really to, to expand the labor market partnership programs, both in geography, where we're represented, where the discussions we're having, the varying um, natures of regional economies, and, and our team understanding those sensitivities and, and those areas of need. And we want to expand geographically, but we also want to expand in terms of participants. Um, but we want to grow in a way that uh, we're able to prove efficacy in both our programming, our partnerships, uh, and our delivery modalities, right? And so that's that that's that's what it's about, right? So we start small in terms of our pilots, but we we assess uh, to ensure that we're meeting the aims intended. In, in each of our, our pilot programs. And then we kind of design the playbook so that we can scale and maximize our impact. Michael Younger, Vice President of Workforce Strategy and Innovation at Calbright College. You can read more about him at edscoop.com and in links in today's show notes. The Cutting Edge Podcast is available at cuttingedgepodcast.com and everywhere you get your podcasts. This show is a Scoop News Group production. Carlin Fisher and James Mahoney help make it happen, and the entire team contributes. Until next time, I'm Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.